The following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. From the diamond, to the clubhouse, to the front office, this is the show that feeds the passion for all Twins fans. It's Inside Twins. Inside Twins is sponsored by Killebrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Yeah, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Corey Probus with you live from Progressive Field at downtown Cleveland on this Father's Day Sunday. It is a warm day here in Cleveland, but we do have sunshine. Temperatures will reach the 90s today, but we are good to go for Game 3. Twins seek their second sweep over the Indians here in Cleveland for the second time in as many years, and roughly a year to the date. In fact, Twins took all three here in late June last year. The pitching matchup for Game 3 will feature Jake Odorizzi for the Twins and Shane Bieber making a spot start. Twins saw him not too long ago for his big league debut at Target Field. And he will start for Adam Plutko here in the finale of this series. We welcome you to the program and great to visit with the Twins' chief baseball officer. Always great to catch up with Derek Falvey. Before we get to baseball, happy Father's Day. Thanks, Corey. Same to you and to all the uh, Twins Twins fathers out there. Yeah, absolutely. Well said. We are good to go for game three of this series and uh, wrapping up this road trip and dropping two of three in Detroit, but coming here. Beat Kluber, beat Carrasco. Awfully good weekend so far, Derek. It's been uh, it's been an interesting run, you know, really throughout the course of the season. Uh, I think, as you just mentioned, you know, t- tough series up in Detroit. You know, come in here and you know this team's at the top of the division. You're facing two of the better starters in the game, and then you know to jump out and play the way we have offensively. It's just great to see. You know, a good fight from this club, and uh, hopefully we can build off of it. And the offense that we have seen the last two days, this is kind of what we were hoping to see throughout the year. Now the names have changed, and I think lineup positioning has certainly played a part of it. But th- this was going to be the force that was going to carry the team and hopefully still will to sustain success this summer. Definitely. Coming off of 2017, the second half of the year, we were clearly a top five overall offense. We had a lot of those guys coming back and then added to it and, and, and guys like Logan Morrison and others. We've certainly had some injuries and some things not go our way with that group. No one's using that as an excuse. We've just got to play more consistent baseball offensively. We're seeing some uh, continued performance from guys like Eddie Rosario and Eduardo Escobar, uh, but then the ticking up of whether it's Logan Morrison, getting Joe Maurer back, Brian Dozier having a good night a couple nights ago. So we need these guys to be the core of our team, and our pitching's been been solid. You know, as for Eddie Rosario, and you've seen this game at at all different levels and all the stats, can you recall seeing a performance where a guy had four hits on four pitches like yesterday? (laughs) I don't don't know how often that's happened in baseball. Somebody needs to look that up, but I can't imagine it's uh, all that frequently. And the thing about Eddie is, uh, I was thinking about how I'd go about advancing him <laughs> for watching him, and he hits balls just about everywhere. Balls out over the plate, balls in, and whether it's a ball, it's a strike, doesn't seem to matter right now. He's playing as well as anybody when he gets in the box. It's not just a hot hitter, is it? Because he's been doing this now for a longer stretch of time. Is this just him, you know, figuring some things out, maturing with what he swings and, and what he doesn't swing at? Yeah, we talked we talk last year, I remember, quite a bit about some of our young players and the maturation of their approach, uh, whether it's on the mound or in the box. And uh, about the midway point last year, I remember Eddie, when, when Miguel Sano went down uh, with his injury, I remember Eddie talking about how he was going to help pick up pick up this club. And he put that on his shoulders. And from that point forward, I think we've seen a, a totally different animal uh, in the box. And uh, he just continues to mature, continues to get better, continues to 
continues to take better at bats. So uh, we're, we're lucky to have him, and, and we're excited he's a big part of our team. Do you think Logan Morrison is turning a corner offensively? I, I do. I think when you break his season up into, say, the first 50 plate appearances, he put a ton of pressure on himself. We were playing some, some tough games in the cold, and you know, he wanted to make an impression right away, and those were, those were some tough at-bats. He'd be the first to tell you. But after that, you know, once he hit his first home run, we saw a pretty good run there of, of performance that was in line, at least overall, you know, when you look at the line, uh, what, what it was last year. You know, then a little bit of a lull again, and, and we're seeing some bounce back. So the reality is you, these guys, you know, it's a long season, 162 games. You try and take it in small chunks and evaluate where guys are and help support them. But I think Logan's going to be a big part of what we're doing in the middle of our lineup. One more thought before we take our first break about new players, and I think this comes into case for Odorizzi today, but even also connecting Logan Morrison. Do you find that one position puts more pressure on himself, whether it be a pitcher or a position player, a hitter, with his new team year one? Yeah, I would say, you know, even in the position player side, it's a great question. I think that when you're a DH, you know, you're somebody on the field that your your expectation is to hit and, and hit completely, and you only have those four shots a game to impact it where you can't do it necessarily on the, on the defensive side. That's a challenge, uh, I think. For starting pitchers, certainly, if you get off to a little bit of a slow start, take Lance Lynn as an example. It wasn't quite where we needed him to be at the outset of the season. He's pitched a lot better of late. Uh, those things those things can sometimes spiral, but we want to make sure we support the players and know that uh, they're, ready to, they're ready to battle and, and we're ready to support them, and we're seeing some of that now. All right, we'll take our first break. A lot to break down on the show today. Coming up next, we'll dive into Miguel Sano and also Byron Buxton, injury update as well on Trevor May. A busy show coming up inside Twins. Live from Cleveland, we'll continue next on your home for Twins Baseball. You're listening to the Treasure Island Baseball Network. Welcome back. Inside Twins brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Corey Provis back with Derek Falvey for our Father's Day edition of Inside Twins. And, boy, a lot of news to, to break down. Derek on the show today. Let's begin with a whopper that we learned about before the series began on Friday. And it really followed Thursday's loss in Detroit with the news that Miguel Sano was being optioned out. And when I first saw that and heard that, I wasn't surprised that he was being optioned. But where he was being optioned to caught me and I'm sure many people off guard. And, and some may look at that, boy, is, are they penalizing him for the season? But that's not the case. No, I, I think certainly I understand why. Uh, why people saw it as, as a departure from the norm, because it was. We didn't approach this traditionally. This was not a business-as-usual situation, and, and we didn't treat it that way. And we felt like, Miguel, uh, we thought about if we could start fresh and provide him with the best possible resources in terms of facility and work and workouts and what we need to do from a hitting standpoint and which staff members should be involved in that, uh, Florida was the best spot. I mean, in Fort Myers, we have all of our coordinators right now working out of that uh, out of the, that facility, we have a great setup with our performance center there and our strength and conditioning uh, equipment. And otherwise, uh, we have Fred Guerrero, who's our international scouting director, who knows who knows uh, Miguel quite well. You know, going back to when he was 14, 15 years old, uh, who's there to help you know tr- with this transition. We wanted to take a step back and say, what is the best thing for Miguel Sano moving forward, so we can get him on track. It's not just 30 plate appearances in AAA. We want a holistic approach to his development, and that's why we sent him there. Because if it was just something about some mechanical flaw in his swing if it was just isolated to that then rochester probably would have been where he would go 
But people also look at this from a conditioning standpoint, nutritionally as well. Were those factors? Absolutely. I, it, we look at, as I said with the plan, it was more than just the swing. You know, it was the holistic approach to, to development of what we need from him. And, and, you know, when you look at his last 12 months, he's had, he's had some, a tough go. You know, he, he fractures his shin. He had a surgery that was associated with that. Did not allow for a completely normal offseason. Um, spring training, he pushed through it. Seemed like he was in a pretty good spot coming into the season. He pulls his hamstring, and he's in, a, he's in a tough spot. So now we said, rather than chase ourselves on that, and, and rather than him continue to chase a, a week of good performance, let's take a step back. Let's find a way to make sure that we get him exactly where we need him to be because we all know that for this team to go where we want it to go, he's got to be hitting in the middle of our lineup. He's got to be supplying that power surge that we can have. And I, I'm confident he'll get there with the work that we're going to put in. And he was receptive to all this? Absolutely. He was because we explained why. I, you know, we don't start with – uh, you're going to this level and you figure out the answer on your own. We, we go to him with a plan and say, this is what we want you to do. This is why we want you to do it. And we're going to get started on Saturday. So you know, fly down to Florida on Friday and, and let's get going. And it's already begun. The plan's in, in, in place already and already started. And the miracle off, what, uh, the All-Star break this weekend. So playing tomorrow? Correct. So they restart. They play tomorrow night. Uh, you know, we've mapped out a plan where he's going to do some uh, combination of infield works, hitting work, uh, conditioning work, and game games, some at DH, some at third, some at first, just to keep them fresh. So we would anticipate, you know, probably three to four games this week where we space those out, we'll see, uh, and then and then continued work outside of outside of the games. Is the plan then to go from there to double-A to triple-A, or could he just go from Fort Myers back to Rochester and just skip double-A if he has success and he meets the goals that you have set out for him? Yeah, we don't, we don't have a, a necessarily an intended plan to go level to level. This is, as I said, a, a unique situation. Uh, non-traditional in many ways, and so we're going to evaluate that as it goes. If he's making real progress in Fort Myers and, and the work that we expect him to do can be executed there with the staff and, and with uh, with the facilities we have, we may stay there a little while. Or we may decide that he's transitioned to a point where now it's time to get him some at-bats at an upper level and, and ultimately maybe right back here. So we're, we're not putting a timetable on it. We're not saying he's got to do X, Y, and Z and he's here immediately. We're going to evaluate this week to week. And some other news that uh, came out of Fort Myers this week because this was going to be a significant day for Jorge Polanco, right? That his 15-day rehab per the uh, arrangement between the union and baseball regarding a player suspended for a PED violation, he is granted a 15-day rehab uh, period, days, not games, 15 days before his activation day. Polanco's activation day right now pending uh, a rainout here for the Twins would be July 2nd. That would have been today, but that's not happening for Polanco, Derek? That's correct. Yeah, Polanco, this has just been uh, an, a really unfortunate situation. He, he's done such good work down in Fort Myers with Sam Perlazzo on, infield, on the infield side, the hit, Rick Eckstein and our hitting guys. Uh, he, he jammed his finger in a door, uh, sliced it, so it's on his throwing hand. We don't want to get him back playing games until we get that thing fully healed. It's just you know, the things that can go wrong around infection or otherwise, we're, we just want to make sure we avoid that. So, unfortunately, he's not in a place where he can uh, he can go play shortstop and, and throw the ball the way he needs to. We're going to let that heal. Our hope is that during the course of this week we see that progress to a point where we get him out soon uh, and ultimately get him back here in the major leagues. All right, that's good stuff there from Derek Falvey. A lot to break down during that segment. We'll come back and dive into more players. Byron Buxton, Urban Santana, also Trevor May. When we return, Inside Twins brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota. It's how memories are created and legends are made. More of our Sunday program next on your home for Twins Baseball. This is Byron Buxton. You're listening to Twins Baseball on News Radio 830 WCCO. 
Welcome back to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. Made in Minnesota, it's how memories are created and legends are made. Inside Twins, until the bottom of the hour, Chris is the pregame show at 11.30 Central, 12.10, Game 3. Twins seeking a sweep. It'll be Jake Odorizzi and the rookie Shane Bieber making his second big league start and also second one against the Twins opposing for the Tribe here today. Derek, last segment, we touched down Miguel Sano and Jorge Polanco. And now let's shift gears to another player and also good news, a guy beginning a rehab assignment this week, and that's Byron Buxton. Yeah, Byron's, uh, it's been, you know, an interesting, I feel like every time we get on these shows, we're talking about some of these injuries and the, the plan moving forward. I, I hope to uh, move on from that at some point here soon. <laughs> but Byron is, uh, you know, he went, he obviously tried to play through a difficult situation, play through some pain, see if he could do it. Uh, unfortunately, he couldn't. We let that toe heal up, and, and now he's he's back to, Pretty close to near full health. So he's out on a rehab assignment. He'll start in Rochester here. Um, they play, I believe, uh, again here on Tuesday. So he'll get started there. There have been some similar things, like we talked about with Miguel, with his swing that James wants him to execute while he's down there. Uh, and hopefully we get back to seeing the Byron that we saw in the second half of last year. Has the fracture fully healed? Yes. I, we, we feel that you know, these are really difficult things to, to monitor completely because you're dealing with pain tolerance to some degree of different players. Um, you're trying to assess it and, and do x-rays and CT scans and otherwise. He's at a place where it's healed. So we feel good about his progress. And your conversations, too, with, with team doctors, barring him following a pitch off that same spot, can he do more damage to it? Can he? Can that crack grow just by playing any exertion that he puts on, on, on his lower body? That's the question we've been asking a lot. You know, and even going back to the first iteration of this, uh, the answer was no. You know, He can't do more damage to the fracture uh, by way of playing. It's all at that point about pain tolerance and threshold. And you know, Byron's a tough guy. You know, he, he fought through it as best he could. Ultimately, I think what led us down the path of the second DL stint is we felt like we weren't seeing the swing that he needed to make because he wasn't able to put... You know, pressure on his foot the way he wanted to. And, and sometimes that's just an unintended consequence uh, of, of dealing with pain and, and your body uh, adhering to that. So he's somebody now who we saw his swings recently. We saw the way he ran. Paul Molitor said the other day he looked explosive on the bases. So now we know he's in a place where he's ready to go. And something else Paul said, too, yesterday about Byron that, that I'm sure you're going to be watching and, and many will be during this rehab run is that he did tweak some mechanics with his swing and just working with, with James Rouston. And, and that's not unusual. Byron and James, they have tweaked that swing now for a while. Um, without looking at a visual, what will be different? Do you have do you have an idea what's going to be different about Byron's swing? Well, each hitter, I think what we sometimes miss is that each hitter is working with their hitting coach, you know, at the major league level every day in the cage. You know, even the healthy guys are trying to make some small adjustments and tweaks. I think in Byron's case, it's similar. You know, we saw we saw an exceptional player in the second half of last year. He went through the offseason, uh, continued to make progress, maybe got into a, a bad habit or two through the course of uh, some of his cage work. They've clean that up. They, they fix that. They feel like they're in a good place. I think it's all about just getting him on time. You know, hit, hitting's often about timing and less about mechanics. Every guy's hitting mechanics are a little different. Making sure he's on time to be able to read a pitch and execute a good swing. And that's what James has been working on with Byron. Irvin Santana, update. Uh, I guess he was back on the mound for the first time in this latest run. That came on Friday? Yeah, threw a bullpen. Felt really good. Um, was long tossing. He's, he's continued to feel good. I and mean, after we had a, a slight setback there with, with some soreness and wanted to get another look at it. Uh, we, we're hopeful now we can restart some of this program and, and get him back on a rehab assignment here. Um, the hope is within the next week. So uh, we'll just we'll take, again, this day by day. Uh, we want to make sure that we're 
adhering to what he's giving us in terms of feedback and, and where how ready he is. But some live BPs he'll progress through here soon, and then once he gets to the live BPs, hopefully he's facing hitters. And does he have to do the entire program over again, like that first spring training start where a guy goes two or three innings, about 30, 45 pitches? Does he start there, or does he ramp it up to, say, 50 the first time he's back in an actual game? We'll, we'll see how the live BPs go and how much throwing he does. I think the reason you slow ramp in spring training is to make sure that guys get enough throws in you know, before they get started there. And Irvin's been throwing for quite some time now, so I wouldn't uh, wouldn't compare it you know, apples to apples to what we do in spring training, but certainly it's um, it's something that we'll, we'll address with him as we go and take his feedback. Is there not a sense of urgency to rush him back because of the sustained, the sustained success now with the way that the pitching staff has really thrown here going back to early to mid-May. Yeah, we, we've had a good run here since we stabilized, as you said, about mid-May. Uh, so for the last month or so, we feel good about our starting group. Uh, there's been some ups and downs. I think you know Fernando Romero is a great example. Had some great starts. He's had some growing pains. We all expected that. Uh, that's just part of the progress of a young pitcher. So uh, I think that you know, we still have urgency to bring Irvin back. We're better with Irvin Santana on our team. We know that. But ultimately, uh, we, we feel good about the starting staff that we've had. We feel good about some depth down in AAA. So uh, we want to get him back, but we want to get him back healthy. We don't want to move that too quickly. We'll take our last break, come back, and wrap up Inside Twins after this on your home for Twins Baseball. The radio home for Twins Baseball, 830-WCCO. Wrapping up Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Corey Probe is back with Derek Falvey, our last two minutes of the program. Uh, we mentioned Trevor's, uh, Trevor May's name a few times, did not get into that. A setback, put on the DL with a right shoulder injury. Yeah, just a little bit of soreness, some things he's working through. As guys come back from Tommy John surgery, or any surgery for that matter, uh, they're back in a full routine of a season. And uh, he, he wanted to go back to the bullpen and pitch a little bit more in that, in that kind of role and capacity. So this is more just a, a minor setback for him as he continues to progress. What can you tell us about Shane Bieber, a guy that you probably know better than we do? And, yes, we saw him at Target Field not too long ago, but a guy that I'm sure you were around throughout his uh, minor league career yeah. often. Yeah, great kid, good worker. Uh, we knew that even before drafting him. Uh, and he's somebody who we knew could really command the command the fastball and, and work his secondary pitches. I think when you look at his strikeout walks, otherwise going back, he's progressed really nicely through the minor leagues for them. So um, I, I think you know I think our, hit, our hitters can get to him, no question. I think we saw that in Minnesota. Uh, but a good young pitcher uh, for their side, and hopefully we end up on the top side of it today. Yeah, that'd be great to uh, finish off a sweep here today. The trade deadline, Derek, is about, what, five, six weeks away. Is there a lull right now across baseball, or does that start to pick up steam when you get to mid to late June? I, I think when you look at transaction histories year over year, you see a bit of a pattern. You might see a few things happen in June. Uh, certainly there may be have, already have been you know, one to two small trades. Um, but I think typically you get to the all-star break, and that's when you really see things start to pick up. So my expectation is that teams are still taking stock around where they are, what they need. We're doing the same. So we'll just we'll evaluate this as we get a little bit closer and, and likely around the All-Star break have a better idea of where things stand. Yeah, it's hard to gauge your team, right, because of, of the pieces that, that you haven't had all year and the pieces that you have but are not performing and still the pieces you still hope to add yeah. internally here in the next few weeks. Yeah, I, I think about that. I think if, if we can get the right Byron Buxton, Irvin Santana, uh, Miguel Sano, Jorge Polanco back as well, 
that's going to be better than anything we can acquire on the market. I and mean, those guys are impact players, and I feel like uh, if we can get them on the right track, that will really help our club. Sounds good. Derek, always enjoy the time. Again, happy Father's Day. Same, same to you, Corey. Uh, we thank Derek Valby for his insight today on Inside Twins. Always fun to catch up with him each Sunday. Twins and the Indians coming up, wrapping up this three-game series. Twins looking for a three-game sweep. They swept the Indians a three-game series in June of last year, and they'll try and do it again today behind Jake Odorizzi making his 15th start. Odorizzi 3-3. Three and three. Shane Bieber making his second big league start. A right-hander faced the Twins not too long ago. Great numbers in the minor leagues. We thank you for joining us. Stay tuned. Pre-game show coming up next on your home for Twins Baseball. You have been listening to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. Made in Minnesota, it's how memories are created and legends are made. This has been a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network.